So Matt, what have you been up to? You're not in the workshop today as well, I've just realised. No, I'm not in the workshop for two reasons. Reason one, it's just been a bank holiday weekend. We arranged a time and then I totally forgot until 7.30 this morning. The other thing is we're going to get start this episode with a classic Matt waffle. <laughs> I had the chair in the workshop. I sat in it to record the podcast a couple of times. The rest of the time, I throw junk on it. It is just a dumping ground. I've got this wonderful idea that I'm just going to sit out there and relax and things. I've not done it in four weeks of moving it out there. Right. It gets covered in sawdust, but it takes up a good probably metre square footprint of floor space. So can I justify it? Probably not. Mm. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. They didn't tell me I couldn't. Bosch came to visit me last Friday. Wow. They had two camera operators, a sound guy, someone from Bosch, and a couple of people from the marketing agency. And they set up, like, they call it the village, where they have a little tent in the garden where they've got monitors to monitor everything and headsets, like, and they... No way. They filmed me doing things for a day. I'd warned them. They When they asked about it, like... Yeah, my workshop's a bit tight for me and three other guys in there. But so I stripped pretty much everything out apart from the workbench. Yeah. And then as soon as I stripped everything out, I was like, oh, this is so nice not having stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm tempted, like the chair's not necessary. Like I need I need the bandsaw back in yeah. and the drill maybe, but I'm in loving kind of having the, the space so what is the Bosch thing about? Is it about, are they putting some sort of marketing video together or something? Yeah, they wanted me to build a couple of things and they're going to use it on yeah, social media and stuff. Cool. I mainly said yes because I was really interested in talking to all the camera Yeah, people. learning from them, yeah. They were saying they were really happy with how it looked. I think because my workshop, as much as people moan, be moaning about my workshop's too dark and they hate it, I think it looks cool and atmospheric and not like other workshops mm. so it's, it's interesting their, their plan initially was to build a console herringbone top console table right which i know is something you've done because i came across your video while researching it and i think we might get to my recommendations at the end mm. with that i'm not going to recommend you i'm sorry <laughs> I, don't, I think that's a bit too meta um <laughs> But they were going to get someone, a carpenter, to build the tabletop and me to kind of finish it off with the legs. And then I think then the carpenter was too busy. So it's like, can you build a car- console table in one day? And like, hell. maybe not. Oh, and a drill charging station. But then they spent two hours just staging it with Bosch tools and taking pictures of Bosch tools. Like, guys, we really need to start building things. This sounds like a very long day. What time did oh. you start and finish? They st- got here at eight and left at seven. Oh, wow. I didn't realise how tired I was until the second they went. Mm. And I, like, crashed. But it was good fun. Did you get it all done then? Yeah. Yeah, did. Got the console table made, got the charging station made, and they got all the photos of the tools, and we wow. kind of did a bit about their sanding meshes. It's it's a tricky one. They wanted to show off how much the dust, how better the dust collection on sanding, on mesh sanders is. Yeah. And I was saying to him, I don't think I've ever noticed a difference. And I've watched other YouTubers do reviews, you know, quite scientific ones, mm. and not notice a difference. And I was like, I think I've noticed maybe a difference when I've sanded, when you've done some filling of plaster. Yeah. And yeah. sanded, because it's so fine. Mm. 
I don't think it really works particularly great for sawdust, especially we were sanding pine, so you get, I think, quite big bits. Yeah. So we filmed it all, and they were looking at the footage like, no, we can't tell any difference. Yeah, I think I prefer the traditional standing pads because they last longer. We, we did that whole segment, and it's like, yeah, I'm not sure that even... Shows any different, yeah. Yeah. Oh, at least your but, theory has been proven then. <laughs> well, and I, I liked them for that as well, because they could have gone we can fake it and make it look better. And they're like, oh no, well, if it doesn't yeah. doesn't genuinely show that they're better, well, mm. then it doesn't show they're better. Yeah. I've had a weekend of car boot sailing. I saw you eating a nice um, breakfast sandwich on social oh, media. I had two. Yeah. Not the same day. It went two days running in the same place. Burger, sausage, bacon, onions, mushrooms, egg. It was just, um, yeah, it's like my, it's my new death row meal, this. <laughs> Is a real indulgence. But yeah, I bought a few tools. Yeah. Uh, none of which I needed because I've already got boxes of tools everywhere. But 50p for a chisel? Yeah. What, what am I going to do? I can't turn down a Marple's chisel for 50p. It's difficult. Anything special? Um, You get things thinking, I'm going to get that because that will be a video one day. Mm. And then you shove it in a box and um, forget about it. But I bought an old garden spade. I've had a couple of new garden spades, and I, they're not flat. They're almost halfway between a spade and a shovel, I find, all the new ones. Yeah. If you're cutting, like, turf, I don't want the ends curving up or going around. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a really old one that's really nice, so heavy, but it's missing the handle. They must make them out of ash, I think, and then they, like, split the top into a Y, don't they, for yeah. a full candle? And I don't know. Do you think they steam bend it out? I don't know. Certainly I found with old garden tools, though, like... If you buy anything modern that isn't really expensive, they're just useless, aren't they? They yeah. bend, they're just oh. not solid. And yet you buy, you spend a fiver at a car boot sale for something really old and it's it's just the bee's knees. Yeah, exactly. But I thought if I have to split some ash and then bend out into a wire, steam bend it or something. I'm going to have to do some, watch some videos on how they that do it. That sounds cool. Like, steam bending is something I'm very interested in doing. And I've got a wallpaper stripper. Mm. So I've got the kind of how to produce steam. Yeah. Is it, have you done steam bending? Years ago, I made a ukulele. I used the approach of um, soaking the wood. It was oak that I was using, quite thin. I was probably about three or four millimetres thick. And then I put it in the microwave and heated it Ooh. for, I don't know how long, perhaps a minute or so. And it came out so bendy. And then I just put it in its form and clamped it in. And it, it came out pretty good. It was a method I saw on a Matthias video, Matthias Wandel. But I haven't done it with... <clears throat> I've seen it done in pipes and stuff, like long... Mm. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'd like to try oh, it Oh, that's again. fascinating, the microwave. But I don't think that's going to work for a fork handle. You'd need a pretty big microwave. Pretty big <laughs> microwave. What have you been up to? I took a bit of a break from YouTube. I was still working, but I, I didn't post in two weeks. And I think I worked out that that was only the second time I've ever not posted for two weeks running um, since 2016 when I started, which is mad. But like you, Matt, I've recently upgraded camera and I wanted to get to grips with editing in 4K and color grading and lots of other stuff. So I took some time off to focus on that, filmed three videos, which are part of the handmade kitchen from scratch which I'm installing into our utility room. So I've done one about the kitchen cabinets, one about installing the kitchen, which I think is going to be probably the most interesting because there's some 
problematic challenges to overcome in that one. And then the third one was about work tops and backsplashes. I'm really mm -hmm. excited about that one as well because I used some unusual materials to to make them. And then I fitted a couple of windows as well. We're trying to replace all of the windows on our bungalow and uh, I've fitted a couple of windows in the past with my uncle, just small ones in my workshop and I thought I can probably manage this on my own. So, But the windows that I fitted are really big ones and it was a bit daunting. I was a bit worried about how heavy the glass panels were gonna be but actually they were only 26 kilograms and I bought some of those suction cup things so that I could lift the glazing into place and it was no problem whatsoever. Actually, I really enjoyed fitting the windows and um, it's easy, I would say. It's not It's not that difficult. I'd, I'd always seen it as quite an intimidating thing, but there's not really much to it. Uh, once you get your head around toe and healing the glazed panel, which is similar to like bracing a gate and having the diagonal supports in, um, once you get that right, it's, it's not too bad. At the weekend, we went to a barbecue and when we came back, I was in the car a little bit drunk and Rhea just clipped our wall in the garden so uh, that came down <laughs> that's the second time the walls come down since we've moved in here um, it's been hit before that as well and had to be rebuilt by a bricklayer but this time it's just the corner of the wall so it's like the pillar at the end and then sort of part of the wall as well so yesterday I spent most of the day uh, with Rhea in the workshop just cleaning up the old bricks that came out and I'm thinking I might have a go at patching that up myself because I don't really want to hire a tradesman to come back just to fit a, the end of a wall. It seems like a small enough job for me to have a go at myself. So I'm going to have a go at that, I think. Well, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. If it looks rubbish, I can knock it down again <laughs> and get get the professionals in. Is that um, going to be a video, do you think? I don't know. I filmed a little bit of cleaning up the bricks. Depends how it pans out. If it if it turns out being a bit boring, then I won't bother. My front wall is uh, missing that a couple of top layers. Part of me is just tempted to knock the whole thing down, which would probably take about 10 minutes. Yeah. It would take more time to get rid of it all than to actually knock it down. I was thinking I could build a log store, uh, not log store, a bin store around the front because it's just so many of the neighbours leave their bins in the front garden anyway rather than have to keep bringing them around the back of the house. Yeah. It's like I could make a bin store that is kind of like, that is the front wall. I quite like the idea of doing a fence as well, but not a picket fence, but something along those lines. I think that could be quite a fun project. Yeah, I'm the same. My wall would have to be like, like L-shaped. So I was thinking one side of it would be the bin store and then maybe a picket fence nice. style on the other one. And then I get to make a gate as well. Yeah. It doesn't seem a priority, even though my house looks really scruffy because it's got a half-fallen-down wall. But then... Um, I like having the scruffiest house on the street. You know, it sets the bar for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I feel no one's going to rob me because they look at my house like that person's going to have nothing of any this value. This guy's whatsoever. got no money. <laughs> <laughs> and they're right. Yeah, but all, all of these bungalow upgrades um, are mainly for something that I haven't really mentioned publicly yet. Obviously, Matt, you know this already, but Rhea and I are expecting a baby in June. So not long to go now. Everything with Rhea's pregnancy has gone really well so far. So yeah, baby Brown coming June 2023. We've got, you know, we've got his nursery sorted. One of the windows that I installed is is for his nursery. I should say as well, it's a he. That's, <laughs> it's a boy. I think we got that. <laughs> <laughs> 
and yeah, just trying to do all of the things that haven't been done to the bungalow that we can sort out before he arrives. And there's just so many projects. Uh, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned to you a few episodes ago that I felt like I was just running out of things to do. And now I've got mm. a list of jobs. It's horrendous the amount of things I need to get done. And some of them need to be done before the baby comes and others don't. I've got no shortage of jobs at the moment. It's because this is your new business model. Every time you run out of ideas, you're just going to get pregnant. Have some, Yeah, have some sort of life-changing event that, yeah. I mean, moving house is always a good one, isn't it? But, oh, moving house is always a great one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sorts you for a couple of years. Yeah, totally. For me, it's having a mother... Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the amount of jobs and you've got you're always doing things for family aunts and things as well aren't you yeah I quite like that though because I, I try not to do any commissions for anyone that isn't a family and friend anymore their expectations are more manageable I feel yes and also they know that I'm going to be around if anything goes wrong to put it right they know that I'm not going to do a runner so it works well for them as well as me I know we've discussed this before, but congratulations on the baby. Thank you. The nursery, I don't suppose that's a video, is it? Because that's just mainly painting and decorating, is it? Yeah, I mean, the room was already decorated. I put the new window in, which will be a video. Um, I need to put a blind up. That's not going to be a video. There's not really much more to it. Uh, We've just bought everything we could ever need and put it in that room. I think for the first four to six months, the baby won't even be in the room anyway. Yeah. It'll be in the bedroom with us, bedside cot thing. So we talked about cribs, and I think you were saying you've got loads of time because the baby's not going to be in that room. Are you still planning on building one? I'm in two minds about it, really, because I would love to do one, and I think I've got an interesting idea for doing one. But on the other hand, they're only in it for such a limited amount of time. Um, you can get cots for virtually no money at all on Facebook Marketplace, which might just need a bit of a clean-up. And also, the videos don't do well at all on YouTube. Anything baby-related does terribly. Oh, that almost surprises me. I thought that'd be kind of things people search for, like wedding and baby-related stuff, always big um, money-makers, aren't they? I did, like, a mobile for my niece before, and that did terribly, and I did a couple of other baby-related projects, and, yeah, they flatlined. (laughs) <laughs> it would definitely be a big project, wouldn't it? And probably quite an expensive. Yeah. I mean, you can't just use up all that old lead paint you got laying around no. and things like that. <laughs> and of course, there's other things as well that you don't even think of, like our dining table, which I absolutely love. It's an Urkel one that I picked up secondhand and basically refinished. But it seats four people. You know, you can get six round it at a push. But of course, when I have my family round, there's me, my wife, my mum, my dad, my brother his wife, Tabby, my niece. And now we're going to have Baby Brown. That's eight people. So Mm. now I need a new dining table as well. So that's going to be a project at some point. He's going to need a high chair. Yeah. Have you seen the ones that don't have legs? They just kind of hook onto the side of the table. No. They're cool. I might look into that. Dining table will be good. Have you got a design? Uh, I've got a rough idea of what I want to do. It's just a bit... The room where it's going fits this four to six seater perfectly and I don't know what shape is going to be best in that room because it's the room that I walk through to get to my office and I don't Mm. really want anything getting in the way. I want to just be able to get into my office quickly. So yeah, I need to think about it a bit more really. But I always think it's surprising how little space you need to eat 
often if you're in a cafe or a restaurant, they'll cram you into such a small... Uh, and, like, for a desk, you really need... I feel like you really need 700 to 800 mil of depth for your monitors to be at a comfortable distance. Mm. Whereas for dining, you can pretty much have two people face-to-face with, like, probably as low as 600, because... Plates don't take up that much space. You know, you might have some side plates or something in the middle of the table, but yeah, I don't know. See, I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah? I think that's very true in restaurants and stuff, Mm. but I think of the family meals when I go around my mum, when you have all the food in the centre of the table and all the dishes, there's never enough room, and I want to create... I've been brainstorming this idea for ages, almost like a second tier. Like, you know you have a runner that goes down the centre of the table? Yeah like a second tier wooden runner so that you can have dishes underneath it and on top. That sounds cool. And also it might block your view of the people opposite, but... That's I fine, find... I want to see the food. <laughs> <laughs> and be able to get to it. But that's the thing, if you've got um, eight people around it, sometimes you need duplicates of food. You want two gravy boats and things, because otherwise it takes forever to get it passed around to you. Like, no, I need my gravy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, quick. Yeah. Because I'm a was a chef, I guess there might be ten dishes when I cook a Sunday roast. So mm. that's a lot of things to put in the centre of the table. Yeah, of course, of course. The other thing to consider as well is chairs, um, because I'd love to make a chair for mm. the dining table. I don't want to make eight chairs for what I do for a living. I can't make eight chairs because I just can't justify the time to make those eight chairs. I could make two chairs, possibly four at a push, but there's no way I'm making eight. So I think I'm going to have to just buy some nice chairs Mm. to go with the table because it would take me two weeks to make that many chairs, I reckon. And I just can't justify that much time not making videos, unfortunately. No, and the video is only of making a chair. Yeah. How many chairs do you want? Do you think eight chairs? Sorry, you said eight, I think didn't you? so. So yeah. you kind of need six matching chairs and then maybe two carvers for the ends. Carvers? The ar- they have the arms. Oh, right. Fancy. Yeah, the end chairs tend to have arms for some reason, a lot of table sets. Just thinking about this practically, though, there's no way I'm going to have eight chairs permanently set up in that room because it's not a big space. So maybe mm. six then and maybe two chairs that we just pull in from another room or something. So you could buy four matching chairs, mm. armless, and then make the two end ones That'd if be you wanted to do it. Yeah, that's a nice idea. I guess they're called carvers because the person sat at the end would carve the meat. Right. I have no idea. People are probably going to say that is definitely not why they're called that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I've only got a couple of chairs and they've both been videos um, of ones I've bought and then kind of done up. And I like the idea of having six chairs. They're all completely different. Yeah. So I can kind of look when I go to boot size and things. I guess Urkel tables are all pretty much ovaloid shapes. This one is circular, but it's got to, um, uh, what do they call it? Leaf? Leaves, yeah, that fold up and then yeah. get supported from underneath. You can get rectangular Urkel tables. I've been looking oh, at one you? of those on Facebook Marketplace. I mean, the, the Urkel tables go for like 300, 400 pounds. I just think that's so cheap for what you get. A oh, solid yeah. elm top, beach legs and frame. They're just so solidly built. And, and I think they're absolutely beautiful tables. But yeah, the idea of buying another Urkel table and then having a child that 
scribbles on it with crayons and stuff like that. I just don't, you know, if that happened to my current table, I'd be devastated. I mean, obviously I could scrape it down and refinish it, but that's the beauty of having a solid wood table as well, is that if it gets yeah. destroyed, you can just start again with a new layer of wood, which is which is great. But you're right about the value, because it would cost you 400 quid in the hardwood alone. To make oh, absolutely. They're, they're incredible value. Yeah, and such beautiful pieces of furniture as well. I'm not really that f- a big a fan of the Urkel chairs, though. You know the Windsor chairs with the um, yes. spindles at the back yeah, and the round arc. I don't arc. love those. Yeah, I, I feel like it doesn't really fit with the mid-century aesthetic. It feels a little bit too, a little bit too classic and a little bit too um, dainty in mm. a way. There are some amazing mid-century design chairs, though. We're talking thousands and thousands of pounds per chair, probably some of the ones I've seen, but they're. They're so beautiful, and and those are the chairs that I'd like to take inspiration from in in making them, if I ever did make them. I know you've mentioned before that you're not a big fan of any kind of project that has kind of like mechanical moving parts. Yeah. But I always think the the tables that have, you undo the clips and you pull it out and you put the leaf in the centre are a good use of space, aren't they? Yeah. Most of the time, you do just want to, there'll be three of you at the table. Yeah. But then occasionally you just need to be able to, say, have a six-seater table that you can convert to an eight-seater table on those a few times a year that you do it. Yeah. I mean, the one I've got, it, you pull it out and then it's it's fold. The centre leaf is built in, folded up like a book. And then when you pull it out, it folds Yeah, I've out. seen those, like, yeah. Yeah, like, I have no idea how that operates. But you can't just get ones you pull apart on a runner and then the leaf you just keep under a sofa or something and you just get it out and drop it in and push it back. That seems simple. I was thinking of just making a big table, but now mm. you've thrown into the whole... The, the equation of the whole extension stroke folding leaf side of things. That would be a really cool project. Well, you were just saying that you walk through that room yeah. to get to your office, so you don't want to have to every day squeeze by things you're absolutely right i'm so glad we had this conversation because that's really inspired me to do something a bit more creative that will fold down to accommodate the three of us i mean in truth ria and i would always eat our dinner at the sofas anyway watching tv which is terrible i know but since she's been pregnant obviously she's more comfortable sitting at a chair so we have been sitting at the dining table every day but yeah but how how could you do that in a way that I, i still want the table to look cool what kind of um mechanical hinge type things would would be needed in order to do something like that all i think of it is it's like a square table that's cut in half and then it has pretty much just two something like drawer slides under it yeah and then you just pull the two leaves apart that leaves a gap and then you've just got a third piece of wood that you drop in and then push back together they're the simplest ones i like this yeah and i guess what you do is you make a huge tabletop and then cut it in cut the centerpiece out yeah so that all the grain matches perfectly yeah that would be great god you're a clever guy (laughs) (laughs) oh i didn't invent the extending table did i i've just i've mentioned something that already exists but this but just no, shows no, how right, terrible I am at thinking things through and also doing research because I'm like, how am I going to fit in an eight-seater table without actually thinking it through? You know, it's such an obvious thing in a way, but it just never never occurred to me. 
Well, that's why I always find these sessions... Yeah. I mean, when we're recording a podcast, but it's also half brainstorming our own yeah. projects, isn't it? Because when you think of a project, you get stuck in a a rut of thought. Totally. And then someone else just throws something in like, oh, wow, yeah, you could totally do it differently. Yeah. Hello, Matt here. It takes us quite a lot of time to prepare and produce each episode of this podcast, and we'd like to keep putting it out for free. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to help support and shape future episodes, you can find a link to our Patreon page in the show notes or just search online for Workshop Banter Patreon. Thank you, and now back to the podcast. But yeah, obviously having a child, I don't know how that's going to affect my uh, channel in terms of how regularly I'm putting out videos. I was hoping to do as many of them as possible schedule them for a week or every two weeks or whatever it might be to kind of keep the videos coming out while I'm busy getting to grips with being a dad um but yeah I haven't really managed to make any headway on that I've got like two in the bag so far and that's it and all I've been doing for the past four weeks has just been working solidly every every hour that that's that's available but um and obviously I don't know how it's going to affect the podcast as well we've obviously chatted about this a little bit offline in terms of how do we keep it going with sort of my time being a bit more limited I don't want to stop it um, hopefully you don't either uh, we want to continue it I think it's going to be a bit of a suck it and see in terms of how often we can put them out and how often we can make them we've always been quite flexible with our schedule haven't yeah we? We, we try to do fortnightly but the, sometimes things just come up mm. and we're just gonna have to go with the flow aren't we and see yeah. how things are we have no intention of stopping this but we might miss the odd episode i mean we could do shorter ones we could do little bite size yeah ones occasionally and uh i don't have any kids uh i have no idea what it's like i have a niece and nephew and i have to um sit in a dark room for two hours after i've seen them so <laughs> i can i can imagine it's going to be in a pretty intense time i'm sure a lot of our listeners have children and so to be able to do all these things mm. um yeah, yeah, it's it's the priority now, isn't it? But yeah, yeah priority is a good word as well because obviously you you do have to prioritize things in terms of the things that bring in the money, and obviously the podcast doesn't really do that. I mean, obviously we're hugely grateful to the the supporters of the podcast that you know make make that all so much easier. But um, it's just harder to justify allocating time to something that doesn't bring in as much money, especially, I suppose, when you've got a family to support, which is something I never thought I'd say. But <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the podcast is totally not... We do it for the fun of it, because, mm. we, we're, as I say, we're very grateful for the support, but it does not cover the costs of the, the hosting and the websites and all the other bits, let alone the days you spend editing the things and um, mm. the, the hardly any time I put into anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of messages as well. Not a lot of messages, but I've had I've had a few messages from people saying I'm I'm really interested in starting a woodworking podcast. It's like because they they they're talking about it as almost like a business opportunity, and it's like mm. it's not a business opportunity. I'm really sorry to say, but like I'd I'd love to listen to it. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, if you make one, I'll I'll tune in for sure. But yeah, some of the big American ones that have a lot of listeners might make a bit of money, but. Yeah. But the, to be honest, their their channels are so big, it'd still be a drop in the ocean. Mm. They'd they'd make money, more money, if they didn't record the podcast and just did an extra video. Yeah, 
Yeah, obviously it's a little bit easier for us when we had sponsors as well, but they they seem to have dried up lately. And uh, I've yeah. made a few approaches to various companies, but not really come to anything, unfortunately. I mean, everyone's struggling with the cost of living at the mm. moment, aren't they? And I think companies are cutting back as well, unfortunately. Yeah. What have you been watching and how many this time? So I've got two this time. The first, these are both a couple of weeks old now, maybe longer than that. Um, the first one was by Sean Boyd Made This, who you may know from um, Four Eyes Furniture because he worked with Chris Salomone for quite a while. But he made this incredible looking, it's a pantry, but it looks, it's got more of a wardrobe look to me. And if you like the whole wood and brass combination... Um, and you like mid-century modern style furniture. This is just one of the best pieces of furniture that I've ever seen on YouTube, hands down, I would say, in terms of how it looks. It, it's just it's just fantastic. It's lovely. Definitely check that out. So it's called Complicated But Fancy, um, and it's by Sean Boyd Made This. That's great, because I loved Sean Boyd's videos, and I love Four Furniture videos, and I was a bit disappointed when they joined Forces, because I, I, I liked yeah. watching two different... Yeah. style I don't know I felt like I was getting less content which I probably wasn't is moving away isn't he or yeah. something so they they've gone back to different channels this music that Sean Boyd uses in his videos which is like really cringe but I really like it <laughs> they're both funny guys as yeah. well <laughs> do you know the one I mean it goes <laughs> yes <laughs> there's just something really calming about it I'm embarrassed now because I was singing on a podcast, but I love it. The second video I wanted to mention was by Pask Makes. Oh, and I, I didn't realise this, but it's, it's yet again a brass-related thing. But he made his own brass hammer, um, and he's actually gone into production with, with a couple of other people to make loads of these so that he can sell them kind of thing. Um, but seeing it being made by him was just great, and, and it's such a nice-looking thing. Um, so that's called How to Make This Beautiful Hammer. I love brass. Brass and walnut is my favourite combination, I think. Yeah, I'm not a huge walnut fan, but brass with any kind of wood just looks... There's something about mm. it, isn't there? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Particularly darker-coloured woods just looks... Yeah, particularly darker-coloured. Yeah. What have you got for us, Matt? I have, I bet you have talked about this chap before, Justin Bailey, JBTV. Never heard of him, I don't think. Okay, because uh, English maker, he does a lot of uh, more DIY type things. Looking at his channel, there's a lot of more painting, decorating, finishing stuff. So I thought, oh, how to make your own extending dining room table Scaffold board top. Really? Yeah. I've just scrolling through and oh, saw yeah. that. You found that, have you? I've just found it, yeah. I'm adding this to my watch list. Um, but I found him by looking at a herringbone table okay. build. And actually, he's got a video about finishing it with some Osmo oil. So uh, you probably won't watch that one. That's right up my street. Anything to do with finishes, even, even if it is Osmo. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just watched his herringbone video and uh, like, oh, great, show me what I wanted to know. I think because I was so tight on time, because I, I probably would have just done it without watching a video, but I just wanted to look through every step and I had, I had to even write a little schedule for the build. Mm. 
I'm just looking at this thinking, how has this channel never been recommended to me on YouTube? Because you exactly know, he's got the some good views on some of them and it's just, yeah. 20-odd thousand subs, but never heard of an English, another English um, maker. That's mad, isn't it? Cool. Check that out. It looks good. Thank you for listening. You can find Keith on YouTube by searching for Rag N Bone Brown and me by searching for Badger Workshop. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to help support us in making future episodes of the podcast. Link to that in the show notes. And we have a Workshop Banter Instagram and Facebook page if you'd like to get in touch, which is at Workshop Banter, all one word. Mm-hmm.